Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Don't miss this opportunity. The amount of money being allocated to crypto by some of the most intelligent individuals on this planet. Let me just say this. Crypto is the future. Whether it is Bitcoin, Ethereum, something else that is created by someone in the future, it doesn't matter. The fact is, crypto is the future. The quicker we understand that and embrace it and bring everybody, especially underrepresented groups into this space, the better our opportunity is to be key players in this new financial system. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and you're listening to episode 129, Why You Can't Afford to Ignore Crypto, with Dr. Hans Boteng, the investing tutor. Dr. Hans earned his Path of Distinction MBA from William & Mary and holds a Doctor of Pharmacy from St. John Fisher College. Born and raised in Ghana, West Africa, he recognizes the lack of investment literacy in immigrant and minority households. 
When he discovered how rich families built their fortune using the stock market, he decided to become an investor. After spending 11 years pursuing mastery, Dr. Hans now teaches his proven strategies, and he's impacted the lives of countless professionals and placed many families on the path to generational wealth. Dr. Hans has served as a very important mentor for me in the investment space, and he's taught me so many different things about crypto and NFTs. And so it's important for me to bring on guests on the show that can really break down these new wealth building tools that are coming to life right before our eyes. Now, I will admit to you, you know, I was a big skeptic in cryptocurrency when I first found out about it during the pandemic in 2020. I didn't want to hear anything about it. It just sounded like a total freaking scam. And in the process of learning about the technology behind crypto and just like the actual real world use value of this technology, I feel like it's kind of important for us to realize like this is not actually going anywhere. And I think a big indicator of how pervasive this new technology is, is just like, hello, the Super Bowl ads. There were so many different companies that were advertising crypto marketplaces and just opportunities to invest. And I'm a firm believer of following where the money is going and the money that a lot of major corporations like JP Morgan Chase, like Meta, AKA Facebook, like PayPal, there's so many companies that are investing in this technology that whether or not you actually ever want to own cryptocurrency, it's important for you to understand what the hell it is and potentially, you know, how to become an investor if that's something that interests you. So if you want to learn more about why you cannot afford to ignore cryptocurrency anymore, this is the episode for you. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Y'all, we have a repeat guest on the podcast today because I just think he's so awesome. Dr. Hans, welcome back to the show. Janice, thank you so much for having me. Super excited for our discussion today. Absolutely. So am I. Okay, so the last time you were on the show, we talked about why we need to be building wealth now, right? And it's amazing how quickly the world of wealth building is happening and how quickly the tools are evolving. And so we're here to talk today about a new form of wealth building. We're talking about crypto and NFTs today. Okay. So for folks who may not know who you are, haven't interacted with you before, tell us who you are, kind of how you got into the space. Yeah. So just quick story, Dr. Hans, born and raised in Ghana, West Africa, came to the US and life for me started in Bronx, New York around age 18. 
I like to share that my only asset when I came to the US was a Metro card. <laughs> that was the only asset that I owned. So very humble beginnings with life in the Bronx. My family were in like the bottom 25% in terms of the income percentages when you look at the US. The core focus of I'd say most immigrant parents, they tell their kids, you know, go to school, get a job, which, you know, obviously I did, went to a pharmacy school and all that. But the moment that changed my life was when I encountered this individual who encouraged me to begin reading and learning, right? And many individuals don't realize how uh, personal development, personal growth truly impacts you. So for me, it took me down this path of studying how wealth is built. And that led me to the stock market. And I studied the stock market for about seven years straight before I launched my business, The Investing Tutor, around 2016. And then in 2017, I kept hearing this thing like Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And I looked at it kind of uh, quickly and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a scam, right? How can something grow so exponentially, make a few people rich? It's definitely a scam. And it's fascinating because this thing with crypto and Bitcoin, most individuals who've taken time to study it, they consider it almost like an IQ test. If you don't take time <laughs> to really do the due diligence needed, you will be quick to brush it off. And in my opinion, you'd have to pay the price eventually. What do I mean by this? Initially, I brushed off Bitcoin. I was like, oh, this thing is, is it's a scam. And then it just kept coming back over and over again, which is what individuals are probably experiencing in their life. They brush it off, but it's always on the news. It's always being talked about. It's being written about. Some people you know, not everyone, a few people you know are buying it. And you're like, what's going on? I thought this thing was a fad or a scam and it, it's still around. So for me, it was a moment, I would say about seven, nine months after I discovered it for the first time, I realized that the billionaires that had made all of their money investing in tech companies in the late 90s, right? So the PayPal's, the Yahoo's, the Google's, you know, when you go back and you trace all the individuals who had made a ton of money, right? So it's no surprise that Mark Zuckerberg invest in crypto or that Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, publicly said he owns crypto, Bitcoin and Ethereum, or Elon Musk owning Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like, look at the credentials of these individuals. They wouldn't put their money into something if there wasn't substance there. So I did my due diligence. When I saw those individuals allocating money to crypto and Bitcoin, I was like, wait, these people made a ton of money in, in the late 1990s. What is going on? I'm going to stop saying this thing is a scam and I'm going to go educate myself. You see, it takes humility to just realize that, oh, maybe I could be wrong. I paused for a moment and I, I went off. It took me about three months to get a general idea of this technology. And I was like, wow, this is revolutionary. And, and I know we're going to talk more about it. And from 2017 up until now, I've consistently been studying the technology and it's fascinating. Even though I've been studying it for about four or five years, you keep learning something new every single time and the technology keeps evolving. So crypto 2017 and then 2021 was when I discovered NFTs, non-fungible tokens. 
And kind of it's it's led me to this point today where I'd say I have become so passionate about uh, education and teaching about this new assets because I don't want people in our community to miss out. And I'll just say one last thing. We are seeing the world shift from only physical to more digital. Many individuals have seen this shift happen, right? From relationships happening on Tinder, right? So if you've watched the Tinder swindler on Netflix, (laughs) you see how relationships have shifted. Money, it's moved from mainly physical to during the pandemic, we've seen transactions happen in a digital manner. If you are seeing this shift happen, well, guess what? Not only is money going digital, not only are relationships going digital, assets are also going digital. And if you keep sitting around saying, oh, this thing is a scam, this thing is is fake, eventually what's going to happen is that the individuals who've made the most money investing in technology super early, they are going to accumulate most of these assets and we're going to end up in a world where the underrepresented communities will enter this digital age with no digital assets. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I think when you frame it that way, it is so important for us to not let the skepticism be the reason why we get left behind, right? And I think, you know, to be fair, communities of color have typically been targeted and exploited by the financial industry. So the skepticism is absolutely warranted. Why do you think that the world of crypto is more equal, perhaps, than the traditional financial industry? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is such a deep question, Janice. Why is it more equal? It's more equal because there's no individual, none, that gets to decide anything having to do with crypto. No individual. It is a decentralized system. What that means is is simply this. Let's say you want a loan for $100,000, okay? And let's assume you have $200,000 worth of Bitcoin. I'm using large numbers, but you all just stick with me. You want a loan for 100K, you have $200,000 worth of Bitcoin you will be approved for that loan in 30 seconds, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of whether you have a a job, regardless of anything. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, whether if you have a social security number or no, (laughs) doesn't. Yeah. Social security number doesn't matter. If you live in Ghana, Puerto Rico, India, it doesn't matter. You will get approved for this Bitcoin loan in less than 30 seconds. Why? Because you have an asset that is globally recognized and that application process didn't have to go to a human being to determine whether or not you get approved. That is the power of crypto. It is a decentralized system. And if you are curious, the power of decentralization or the power of technology to help kind of level the playing field, let me remind you about hailing a a taxi before Uber. As a person of color, I'll never forget, this was my first experience. When I came to the US, I 
didn't know much about kind of like racism in terms of like racism in a hatred type of manner, as in some individuals can actually dislike you because of the color of your skin or your race. I, I didn't know that because I grew up in Ghana, West Africa, where if someone was a different color, we loved them. No different from the way that we love people who look like us. In many ways, we even make foreigners feel even more welcome because we want them to feel at home when they come to visit us. So I, I just assumed that in the U.S., <laughs> you know, Americans would share that kind of sentiment. And I'll never forget, it, I believe it was Manhattan. I, my mom and I, we had gone to shop at like Macy's and we we're trying to kind of stop a taxi. And the individual drove by, slowed down. And when he saw us, he just took off. I'll never forget it. The person refused to give us that taxi ride. We were going to pay XYZ. Now look at where we've come to with Uber, right? An individual instantly requests for a ride and the driver accepts or declines and the driver is not able to even see <laughs> the individual that they are picking up, right? Technology has pretty much leveled the playing field in many ways and taking out that slight aspect of racism as it relates to being able to get a cab. But guess what? Even Uber is a centralized company. At the end of the day, <laughs> Uber is still owned and controlled by, you know, a group of individuals. Bitcoin, which is the only true decentralized cryptocurrency, is not controlled by any government. It's not controlled by any country. It's not controlled by any particular group of individuals. It is completely decentralized. What that means is that Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency that is owned by the individuals that hold the asset. And the engineers, anyone can self-select to become an engineer, right? The engineers that mine and power this network. So it is a financial system that is running in tandem, meaning it's running side by side with the financial systems that countries have. And this is the first time in history where as individuals, we have a financial alternative. And it was created to make sure to keep governments in check, to make sure governments don't overreach. Right, We have a scenario going on in Canada right now where some individuals were protesting. I'm not here to state whether they were doing the right thing or the wrong thing. I don't honestly care. What I do care about is the fact that the government made a very rushed decision to cut off bank accounts for these individuals. Okay, The government doesn't like that individuals are protesting and the president just, without any due process, just cuts off bank accounts. I want you all to pause for a moment and think about this. What if during the BLM movements, uh, Trump decided to cancel bank accounts of protesters, right? Because he believes they are being violent. Think about that for a moment. In Canada, these individuals, for the most part, are not even being violent and their bank accounts have been canceled for protesting. If these individuals had Bitcoin in a self-custodied wallet, a government cannot <laughs> freeze 
their Bitcoin account. That is the power of this technology. It is way more than what you and I even can comprehend. It was created for a purpose to be a check on every single government in this world. And it's a powerful technology. It levels the playing field, as I've discussed, because there is no individual who gets to make a decision whether they are approving you for an account or a loan, right? There's no one. And that is what I love about this technology. Yeah, love that breakdown. And it really helps to understand like the true power of the technology. Now, my question is, as this becomes more mainstream, you know, I'm seeing things on the news like government regulation is something that they're talking about. And the FBI has just created a cryptocurrency task force. So this is feeling like they're trying to put reins on the system that is meant to not be controllable. How does this play out? I think it's very good that we see governments looking to create regulation, right? The core crypto OGs, let me call them that, right? The core crypto OGs envision the technology that is outside completely of government purview. And that is in many ways, forgive me to say, a very naive way of looking at at a new technology, right? It's almost like someone invents a car or an airplane and you believe that for that you can create that thing outside of the purview or without any rules and regulations. No, that's not how it works. Unless maybe you are creating an entirely different world or country, <laughs> you have to live within the confines of the regulation in different countries or here in the world. So with that being said, just because Bitcoin cannot be controlled, right? And when I say cannot be controlled, what it means is that the same way that an individual can choose to, let's say, go buy a bar of gold or a person can choose to go buy a physical item and they own it and hold it, in that same way, Bitcoin can be purchased and you can hold it digitally. And believe it or not, let's say you purchase Bitcoin and you stored it on a cold wallet, which is kind of like a flash drive, right? You can memorize about 12 words and literally just throw away that physical flash drive and have those 12 words in memory, meaning anywhere you go on this planet, once there's internet connection, you have access to your Bitcoins anywhere with the internet connection. That is why there's this saying like, how can a government, let's say a government comes to you and they're like, hey, you have Bitcoin and we want it. I'm like, I, I don't have any Bitcoin, <laughs> right? I've memorized my 12 words and I'm telling you, I don't have any Bitcoin, okay? <laughs> I don't have any. There's no device anywhere. It is on the internet and there's no name affiliated with Bitcoin wallets. It's non-custodial. That is the power of this technology. I mean, it's different from kind of buying Bitcoin on, on an exchange like Coinbase or Cash App, right? Which is still fine. I believe we can still have crypto on these exchanges. But once a person moves this asset to a non-custodial wallet, it becomes no different from buying a physical asset. So regulation is coming. In my opinion, it's already here. I believe Biden is set to announce an executive order on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency soon. 
that is not going to be a negative in my opinion. I believe it is going to allow Bitcoin to go mainstream. And for everyone listening, let me just have you understand this. When regulation comes, Bitcoin is going to accelerate so quickly, especially if the regulation is not meant to block the adoption of Bitcoin, right? If the regulation is just to keep people safe and prevent people from being scammed, right? Or for the government to embrace this technology and utilize it in its economy, if that regulation comes, there's going to be billions of dollars and eventually trillions of dollars that will flood into the crypto ecosystem. And everyone listening right now will see the price of these different crypto assets shoot up astronomically. Because many institutions, many countries, many baby boomers, who, by the way, baby boomers hold 75% of the wealth in the U.S. Many of these individuals view Bitcoin as, you know, they are skeptical about it the same way many of your listeners are because they don't understand it. So the moment that rules and regulations come into play... Those individuals will be taking that 5% of their assets and allocating it to Bitcoin. That can be billions or even trillions of dollars. And people can see Bitcoin essentially move from where it is right now, around 40, 50K, to possibly 500,000, 1 million, 2 million. I mean, the sky is literally the limit. So regulation is a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think just the same way that when we talked in the last episode, you have to follow the money. I think it's very apparent where the money is going. When you look at all of the companies that were advertising during the Super Bowl, it gave me very much like the internet.com boom vibes. And so I think it's important to understand that this is not something that's going away. In fact, I saw in Fortune magazine, I think it was earlier this month, Warren Buffett, who once called cryptocurrency rat poison, has just invested a billion dollars worth of Berkshire Hathaway money into a bank based in Brazil that specializes in cryptocurrency. So one of the biggest investment icons, you have to pay attention to this stuff. You know, it's like at some point you can't call it a scam when major financial companies like JP Morgan Chase are building banks in the metaverse and like this is happening. So what is the purpose of ignoring it at this point? You're basically going to be left on at the train stop while the train passes you by. Yeah, Janice, often the individuals who also are calling this a scam, what I've come to identify is many of these individuals don't get the needed education in these different crypto assets before they jump in, right? So for them, maybe they are seeing Bitcoin on the news, they are seeing Ethereum, and instead of you know coming to someone like yourself, Janice, or someone like myself to educate themselves, what they do is they just jump at the you know the first opportunity that someone presents to them. And as you and I know, because this system is decentralized, it means that individuals can create kind of Ponzi schemes. They can pretend to sell you Bitcoin. I mean, so if you come into this space without doing your due diligence, you can literally lose money because. Not that this system is bad, it's because you didn't know to maybe start with a credible exchange like a Coinbase or like a Cash App or something of that nature, right? And Cash App, not by someone sending it to you, by going directly to that company, right? So 
sometimes it's the lack of education, which also kind of um, leads to individuals, you know, losing money because they didn't get the right information and start in the right way. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into that fundamental education that we all need to know about cryptocurrency. The first question for me is, how do we know which cryptocurrency we should invest in? Because there's millions of them popping up every single day. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Yeah. I think this question is quite simple to answer. I shared with you and for the listeners, the number one cryptocurrency and also the only cryptocurrency which is truly decentralized is Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't have a founding team. Bitcoin, no one even knows who created Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is powered by millions of, of miners. And currently there are about 200 this is an approximate number, about 200 million individuals who own Bitcoin. For someone who is coming into this crypto ecosystem, Bitcoin is the starting point, right? So we talked about different exchanges to get into Bitcoin. So then Coinbase, uh, there's Gemini, there is Cash App, right? Any of these is the best way to get onboarded into the space. And, and even though you might see Bitcoin price at 40000 50000 individuals can buy $1 worth of Bitcoin. And that's the power of this technology, right? Back in the day, if a stock, right, before Robinhood was created, if a stock was $1,000 and you didn't have $1,000 to buy a share, 
you couldn't own the stock. Okay. Think about this. Bitcoin, the creator, even from the onset, was like, I'm going to create something. Once again, we don't know who the creator is or was. It could be a female. It could be a group of people. We have no idea. What we do know is that everyone has embraced this technology. And when I say everyone, the 200 million individuals who are using this technology, we've all embraced it, right? Now, because we've embraced it, that is what gives it value. Some people might not understand why does this thing have value? Well, value is subjective. The reason a house has value, okay, sure, the, the land is there, X, Y, Z, but it's because a person is willing to pay X amount of money for the house from you, right? So that is the reason why it holds value, right? So individuals, in my opinion, start with Bitcoin. The way that I like to look at it, if a person is looking at cryptocurrencies with whatever amounts that they are looking to get in, in Bitcoin, half of that can go towards Ethereum, which is the second most popular crypto asset. Now, Bitcoin is the main crypto asset. Ethereum is the second most popular asset. Ethereum does have a founding team. Ethereum does have a founder. Ethereum does have a group of people who makes decisions about what they should do for Ethereum, which is fine. So individuals who are listening, who love investing in companies like, you know, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, well, Ethereum is pretty much being run in many ways the exact same way because it's a technology which is used to build decentralized applications and tokens, right? So Everything from Shiba Inu and all of these things, many of them were built using Ethereum, okay? So if you're thinking about a way to, in, in many ways, own the entire ecosystem, right? I'm not saying it's really an index fund, but let's just think about it that way. If you're, if you're thinking about a way to own the entire crypto ecosystem, right, all of those smaller tokens and all of those different apps, and even NFTs, right? Because if you are buying an NFT that's running on the Ethereum blockchain, which a majority of them do, like 90 to 80% of NFTs trade on the Ethereum blockchain. Well, if you own Ethereum, all of the transactions happening, you are benefiting from that, right? So if you're someone who doesn't necessarily want to buy NFTs, you can just own Ethereum. That's why I liken it to like an index fund, right? So Bitcoin... Whatever a person owns in Bitcoin, for me, I like to think about it as half of that value can be placed in Ethereum. And I would honestly, unless you are extremely educated, just stay away from everything else, right? So just these two. And when I say stay away from everything else, I'm talking about the other cryptocurrencies, right? NFTs is a completely different subject because an NFT is not really considered a cryptocurrency. An NFT is pretty much like Ethereum, because you're using Ethereum to go buy that NFT, right? So Bitcoin, Ethereum, and just stay away from other cryptocurrencies unless you're willing to do the due diligence and the research and educate yourself to such a high level that you're able to pass through the different crypto assets to identify that, oh, this crypto asset is good, right? Like I'm not even going to mention names. So I was, I was going to say like Doge or Shiba Inu, but 
that is going to take us down the, you know, a path which isn't necessarily beneficial for this conversation, right? So I'll stick with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and unless I'm really interested in educating myself to learn more. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so that foundational piece is really important because you mentioned NFTs, and we want to talk about this as well because. I didn't understand that in order to buy NFTs that I needed to have cryptocurrency. I thought they were like completely separated issues. And then when I wanted to learn more about NFTs, I was like, oh, wait, so this is all related. Okay, so let's talk about NFTs, right? We had Lisa from Boss Beauties on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and that was awesome. You actually introduced me to her work. And I think the first thing that a lot of people think when they hear about NFTs, they're just like, what the hell is this? What's the point of this? Why why am I going to own digital artwork? Like what what are we actually doing when we're buying an NFT? Yeah, an NFT which stands for non-fungible token, right? So taking all the technical terms away, you know that NFT is a token, right? Token for the listeners. Okay. But I want to bring us even back and just have a general definition of what an NFT is. I want you to think of an NFT as a technology for verifying who owns something. That's it. An NFT is a verification system for ownership of an asset. The asset can be digital or physical. Why is that important? In the world that we live in, you and I know that we need a way to know who owns what. That's why when you buy a car, they have you get a title. And if you borrowed money, there's a lien, <laughs> right? All of those paperworks are technically NFTs. The reason it's not called an NFT is because it's not a token. It's a paper, <laughs> okay, for the listeners. Well, for those things to become digital so that we can have a record of ownership, they just need to assign a token to them. So an individual can purchase a car in the future and be given a token that goes on your phone. And that token is the proof of ownership that you own the car. So when you are selling the car to someone, guess what? The moment you transfer that token to them, that person becomes the new owner of the car. You see how simple this is. It's a hundred times better. Many of your listeners might be immigrants like myself. Oftentimes, we are not able to go buy land back home because we know that there could be land disputes. Maybe you go pay for the land and they sell the land to like two or three people. And you don't know who owns the land because they give all of you paperwork. Well, what if the land back in your home country was tokenized so that everyone can see who owns which plot of land? There will be no disputes. It brings more confidence in the purchasing of assets. So I want you to stop thinking, and I'm speaking directly to the audience. I want you to stop thinking that NFTs is just about digital art. NFTs is a technology or they are technologies for verifying and identifying the owners of assets. It just so happens to be that we are starting off because we are so early with digital assets. Because it's simple. Now, I'm sure you're probably seeing different like apes trending online and you see <laughs> celebrities buying them and individuals are wondering why would anyone on this planet pay $100,000 or $200,000 for a picture of a monkey, right? 
let me say this. The picture of the monkey doesn't matter. It's not even about the monkey. Those individuals are not buying that NFT because of the monkey. They are buying the NFT because of the community that it creates. Let me explain why. When Bored Apes dropped their NFTs, they dropped 10,000 of them. For an individual to become a part of that Bored Ape community, you need to own the asset, right? Initially, when it was dropped, one Bored Ape NFT was roughly about $200. Right now, the average price is about $250,000. Why? It's, the answer is simple. Individuals like celebrities started admiring the communities being built and the fact that this is the future. So they started to buy in. So all of a sudden, you have an asset with a fixed quantity and there are people who are willing to pay more to become a part of that community. So it's a free market. You and I get to decide how much are we willing to pay for something? That picture is not setting its price on its own. We as the individuals are setting the price. And it's the same with Boss Beauties. When I bought into Boss Beauties, it was roughly about $250. Right now, the average price of a Boss Beauties ranges somewhere between five dollars to $7,000. Just kind of depends. I wish I had listened to you, by the way. I, I get upset every time I see the floor price of that entire collection go up. Yeah, I, it, I learned my lesson. <laughs> Janice, it's fascinating because Boss Beauties was the very first NFT collection that I publicly posted about nonstop for a full week. Nonstop. At the time I was posting about NFTs, I wasn't an NFT genius, but I just knew this collection is going to make a difference. The reason is because it was the first collection, the first NFT collection around women empowerment. Like a woman can be everything she wants or can be anything she wants. And that is powerful. So I knew that, oh my gosh, what company on this planet wouldn't want to associate themselves with boss beauties? Like think about it. Honestly, Janice, what company wouldn't want to associate themselves with boss beauties? So right now that we see Coinbase and we see Rolling Stone and all of these things, I'm not surprised at all. And the funny thing is this is even just the beginning. It's honestly just the beginning. The sky is literally the limit. And I'll say one last thing. Why can NFTs created by men, like Bored Apes and CryptoPunks, by a group of men, be trading at 100 ETH, which roughly is somewhere in the price range of two hundred and fifty to $300,000. But World of Women, the most esteemed female collection, is right now at 10 ETH. Think about that. 10 ETH is about twenty-five dollars to $30,000. The, the most esteemed collection created by a woman, 10 ETH. Boss Beauties is currently around 2 ETH, give and take. 2 ETH, which is roughly about um, $5,000 to $6,000. Why is a male collection <laughs> trading at $250,000, $300,000, but female collection is, is at... You know, 30K and, and Boss Beauties at, at 5 to 7K. Do you know why? I'll let your listeners understand it. It's because there are a lot of women who are skeptical about crypto. Eventually, they will all realize the same way I did in 2017. They will all realize that, oh, this technology is not going anywhere. And they are going to be onboarded into their space. And it is my belief that we can see 
some of the best female-led projects be anywhere, in my opinion, I believe they should be at parity with the male projects. But even if they are not, for some funny, strange reason, if they are not, imagine if World of Women is worth half the value of a board ape. But in actuality, I believe that women are going to show up in this crypto ecosystem and say to themselves, no, if a board ape is 100 ETH, our NFTs will be 100 ETH because you and I get to determine how much we're going to price those NFTs at. So I'm looking forward to the time where I'm looking for women to come into this space and price these women-led projects the way that they should be priced. So, you know, alpha tip for those listening, I'm a big collector because I of women-led projects because I support women, but also it's a very strategic way to get into the NFT space because there aren't a lot of women in the space right now. So as that recalibrates over time, you're going to see these projects revalued to what they truly should be worth. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought up, you know, the difference in adoption of this technology it's just representative of the overall financial industry. It's always, I'm sorry, but it's always white men who are always like at the forefront of these things and communities of color, people of color, marginalized communities always get left behind. And then it's just like, are we going to continue to allow this to happen? Because we've seen it happen for generations. Like we have access to all of this information in ways that previous generations did not have when it comes to learning about finances, when it comes to, you know, being able to invest And I mean, you can do it from your freaking phone. So just this access, it's, I feel like we no longer have a valid reason to wait on the sidelines because the information is there and it's important for us to not be left behind again. So one quick note, I actually saw here in the Tampa Bay area where I am from, where I live, that the first house was sold via an NFT via auction. And so for anybody who's like, oh, this is just stupid pictures online that you're buying. No, there's real world applications for this technology. And that's what you need to educate yourself on, right? Like think about how easy it would be to buy a house if you didn't have to get a mortgage. If you could just literally buy a home with cryptocurrency, it doesn't matter what your immigration status is. It doesn't matter what your credit score is. It doesn't matter if you're married or you have two incomes or you need a joint bank, you know, account holder or whatever. Like that access is revolutionary. And we need to know that this is possible and that it's happening. It is life changing. You said something which just has me kind of just goosebumps right now. Literally. Let's say I own a home free and clear and there's, let's say a young couple that I take a liking to and they want to purchase my house. I literally can choose using crypto as a smart contract to lend the house to them. And if they miss a payment because everything is on the blockchain, if they miss a payment, it just reverts and, and I regain ownership of the house. I didn't have to go through a bank to process that transaction. That is the power of this technology. And I just want to commend you for using that example because individuals think crypto is just about making money. Or Denise, if I can say this, there are many feminists that I really kind of champion from the sidelines. I say, you know, go you, like, you, yeah, you know, women empowerment, like women. But many of these feminists keep kind of, <laughs> 
like making fun of crypto and I'm looking at them. I'm like, you have no idea what you're doing right now. You are literally entrenching the next revolution of finance and you, you're entrenching it to the guys. You're literally allowing the men to spearhead this because you are furthering this narrative that crypto is for men <laughs> instead of taking a stance and being like, no, I'm not going to let the next generation of money and banking be run by men because this is a decentralized system. If all of the feminists say we are getting into this space, no one can stop them. No one. But instead, what are they saying? Crypto bros and this and this and that and kind of stigmatizing crypto. And guess what, Janice? In five, seven years, when they realize they have no other option but to embrace cryptocurrency, they are going to come and complain that this system is run by men when they had an opportunity to come into this ecosystem early. So personally, I've reached out to certain individuals that I admire in this space, and I've tried to tell them, don't miss this opportunity. The amount of money being allocated to crypto by some of the most intelligent individuals on this planet. Let me just say this. Crypto is the future. Whether it is Bitcoin, Ethereum, something else that is created by someone in the future, it doesn't matter. The fact is, crypto is the future. The quicker we understand that and embrace it and bring everybody, especially underrepresented groups into this space, the better our opportunity is to be key players in this new financial system. Absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I feel like because there is so much skepticism, I don't know about you, but I got scared to talk about it when I first, you know, really started to understand it and learn about it because there's just such polarizing reactions that people have. You know, it's the the environmental impact of cryptocurrency and the potential exploitation. And, and it's just like, yes, there are things to watch out for with every new technology, with every new invention. There's always opportunities for bad players to enter this space. And we've seen that with crypto. We've seen it with NFTs, you know, the scams and but that doesn't mean we shouldn't learn about it because I feel like as educated investors, then we can know what to look for and avoid becoming victims and having that happen. So what is your best advice for how we can not fall victim to the various scams and, you know, just the criticism of the space? Yeah, the same thing was said about the in internet, right? The internet is a place for all of the worst actors on the planet. Anything that was and is horrible, it only happens on the internet. And guess what? The internet has created the most valuable companies on the stock exchanges across the world that we see now. The internet made this possible. And you saw the evolution of the internet. Over time, it gets better, right? Right now, we're currently at the dial-up stage when we look at crypto. You know, remember the time where we used to plug a modem into our computer and, and you know, it dials a number and you hear this rattling sound for like a good minute You're and a half. You're dating me now. Yes, I remember that. Sending my first email like when I was 14 back in 1999 and it would take like 15 minutes to connect to the internet. <laughs> yes, yes. That's where we are with crypto. It's so early. But guess what? 
this time we can understand and embrace the fact that it's early and understand we need to be extra cautious. But caution comes with education. Caution doesn't mean stay away. Caution means do your due diligence, educate yourself, get someone to walk with you right into this space so that you are you are careful. You don't make any mistakes. You aren't scammed. Okay. I've been in this crypto ecosystem since 2017. I haven't been prone to any scam. There are tons of links on Discord with NFTs trying to get you to click something that is... But once you educate yourself and you follow certain principles and guidelines, specifically in kind of the NFT ecosystem, you can navigate your way through. The benefit of being early is if you educate yourself and you do things right, you're going to be able to build astronomical amounts of wealth. If this technology matures over the next three, four, five years, which I anticipate it's going to. The thing about waiting until it matures is most of the wealth would have been built and it would have gone to the individuals who wanted to be careful and, and learn and take care. Right? So I urge all of you from the sidelines, even if you don't even want to get deep into NFTs, just as I've said, you go to a reputable exchange. Let's just narrow it down to Coinbase. Go to a reputable exchange. Get yourself some Bitcoin. Get yourself a little bit of Ethereum. Just leave it alone. Just a small percentage of your, of your assets. You can start with 1%, scale it up from there, right? Don't go dump everything into crypto. <laughs> you have to apply some wisdom to it. Maybe you start with 1%, 3% or, or something. And as you get more comfortable, as you educate yourself, you can scale it up and you get to decide what that percentage ends up being. Yeah, excellent advice. Okay, so we already know that the NFT world has a diversity problem. And so you have decided to mint or launch your own NFT project, which is super exciting. And I'd love to hear more about the inspiration for the project and what you hope to accomplish and how folks can learn more about it. Yeah. When I got into the NFT space last year, August, all I could see were uh, digital pictures of, of monkeys, apes, animals. And I just felt that for underrepresented groups, uh, this is not going to inspire any of us, right? I mean, it, it just doesn't. So I said to myself, what if there was an NFT collection that was inspirational? And it even went a step further, right? So this idea of royals came to mind, royalty. And I said, wow, what if I could create a collection that showcases different cultures or different countries in a royal status? So March 25th of this year, so in about, give and take, I would say about five weeks or, or so, I'm launching the first collection, which is focusing on Ghanaian royalty. So I'm from Ghana. And the purpose of this collection and future collections is we're going to showcase Ghanaian uh, royal culture. And then at the end of the year, we're going to travel to Ghana to experience that royalty. So literally individuals who purchase this NFT, one, they get to showcase African royal culture because they are an NFT holder. And two, they get the opportunity to visit Ghana, but they are not coming to Ghana as a tourist who gets to Ghana and you have no idea what to do. No, no, no. We're literally rolling out the royal red carpet for individuals who are visiting. 
everything for we're going to have a website concierge service where you're going to know, okay, these are places where you can stay in terms of hotels. This is how you get a visa. When you get to the airport, this is how you get transportation to the hotel. This is what you can do on a day-to-day basis while you're in Ghana. So there isn't a moment where you feel like, oh, I'm a stranger. We want everyone who visits these countries that we all go to together, we want everyone to feel like one royal family so that we can experience the culture authentically and celebrate. So every time we host one of these events, we're going to have a royal gala in the country. So this year, we're going to Ghana with the royals. Next year, we could be going to you know, a country in the Caribbean. We could be going to another country in Africa. We could be going to a, like India. The sky is limit is literally the limit, but the idea is to showcase royalty of different cultures and to put that on the blockchain. And as we create the royalty of different cultures, I'm essentially creating a global royal family, like a large community and bringing all of us together. And every year, for those who want to take that trip, they can visit with the royal family, experience that authentic royal culture of that particular country. And I feel this allows individuals to realize that an NFT is not just a digital picture. It is more. It's an identity, right? Because when a person has that royal NFT, they are royal. They are part of the royal family now, and it's on the blockchain. And two, now that NFT is their ticket to attend the royal gala. That NFT is their token to connect to the website, which unlocks the special access for them to have the website concierge service. So it is a way to onboard many people in our communities who finally, right, as immigrants can see something and be like, wow, I get it. I understand it. It's not just about pictures. And I'm just excited for this to roll out. So yes, um, the Royals, excited, uh, March 25th. That's amazing. And I think it reminds me of like back in the day when people would join exclusive clubs, right? Like you think about the country clubs and the yacht clubs and like NFTs are a way to get rid of those barriers because anybody can access this stuff. And I think that's the amazing part of it, right? It doesn't matter where you come from, where you grew up, what your background is, what color your skin is. Like this is an opportunity to create community without those barriers And I think that's really awesome ambition that you have, Dr. Han. So I am wishing you so much success with your launch. For folks that want to find out more about your project, the work that you do to educate folks on crypto and NFTs, where's the best place for us to find you? Yes. So once again, Denise, thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy. And it truly is an honor being a repeat guest. I know that that doesn't happen quite often or at all. Uh, but it means a lot. And I appreciate you and everything that you're doing for people in our community, right? As immigrants, minorities. For individuals who want to connect with me personally, you can find me at The Investing Tutor on Instagram. So The Investing Tutor. There are tons of fake accounts, but you know, just pay attention to the one where I have about 40,000 followers. And please know I will never DM you, <laughs> you know, trying to chit chat or anything, right? But the investing tutor is where you can connect with me. I think that's also the best place to learn about the Royals because I'll consistently be sharing about it as it gets closer via that channel. And for individuals who want to kind of um, learn more about me from kind of like their business standpoint, 
you can go to theinvestingtutor.com. So theinvestingtutor.com. Currently, I have a free stock market workshop on there. And I'm looking to launch a free NFT workshop March 1st, which I'll be also placing on my website. So that would be a great place for the listeners to check out, especially March 1st. That's brilliant. And I took your NFT masterclass in December, and it was the first time that I actually understood the power of this technology, and I stopped being afraid of it. So I just want to thank you for the work that you do to really demystify and uncomplicate these things that can feel very daunting. Um, I think it's really powerful how you are able to do that. And I'm wishing you and your team so much success. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. This, the same goes for you. You are a literal role model for immigrants, right? Because you've shared your journey, right? We can literally, and, and the same goes for me, but I, I want to focus on you. Like individuals can literally track where you came from and how you built this. So for all of your listeners, I just want them to know that it is possible for you to become like Janice or to become like me. I wasn't given any edge or, you know, but the one thing I did was I wasn't afraid to pay money to learn from other people who were where I wanted to be. That I've always done from the very beginning. Before I started my investing tutor business, I went and looked for individuals who were running online businesses and I paid them to watch their, their courses to know how to launch my online business, right? So, Education is always key, but individuals will brush it off because they think the only time you need to learn is in school. And they wonder why they just keep kind of spinning and spinning and not seeing any progress. The best investment you can make is in yourself. And the way you invest in yourself is by getting information that other people don't know. Absolutely. So, yeah. For those who stayed till the very end, that right there was life-changing free advice for you. Absolutely. Knowledge is power. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Hans. I'm sure we'll have you back and I'll I'll keep an eye on all the cool stuff you're working on. So thanks so much. Thank you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, 
just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.